0: Um, By the way, a fire alarm might go off here in a minute. They're going to test it, I guess.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
3: You're listening to Sapnin' Podcast. Sapnin'! Sapnin'! You are listening to episode 174 of Sapnin' Podcast featuring
4: myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards, BA! (laughs) Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and welcome to what is a masterclass of Punk Rock 101.
3: Well you've managed... Wait, is
4: masterclass a song as well? No.
3: So it's just Punk Rock, well, you've just used Punk Rock 101.
4: I was going to say... The so, podca- wait,
3: wait, no, 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 all of the songs, all of the massive mega hits, right, <laughs> The Jared has wrote, right, and you've gone for just one of them, just, you've just gone for Punk Rock
4: 101. I thought it was nice and simple, I was going to say the podcast all the bad guys want, but I'm not no, sure that that's a thing yeah. really, so... No, was.
3: Anyway, this week's guest is Jared Ray Reddick of the fantastic Bowling for Soup and, as of late, his own debut country album.
4: Yes, and one of the nicest guys on the planet. He's as funny as ever and possibly one of the great storytelling songwriters of our generation. Bowling for Soup have made a career of writing pop punk anthems Against the grit and in their own way. If it's 1985, girls or the bad guys want high school never ends or the hundred of other hits, we've all had a moment of our lives made easier and comforted by these songs. And in 2022, Jarrett has been busier than ever. Not only is he a prolific songwriter, he's a host of his own podcasts, a father and just an internet sweetheart working hard in the studio on Bowling for Soup's new album, Pop, Drunk, Snot, Bread. That's Pop, Drunk, Snot, listen, Bread.
3: Listen, right? I'm a big fan of Jared. I'm a big fan of Bowling for Soup, right? Oh, yes. They've written some fucking absolute mega cokers, right? I am not accepting that as an album title.
4: <laughs> that comes out on the 22nd of April, and he's just released his first country record, a new project we invited him on to return for his own featured episode peeling back behind the curtain of the hilarity heartache and legacy of his genius this man really knows how to make people laugh and write a hook doesn't he sean oh unbelievable
3: after this i um dj'd in sheffield after we did this chat with jared and i played girl all the bad guys well, and the place went fucking daft of course it did <laughs> um, but yeah we talk about everything from um, Phineas of Ferb Morrissey Taylor Swift Jonas Brothers Alexa Bliss Aaron Lewis from Stained gets a mentioned. and of course it's been a while <laughs> since he's been mentioned ah, is one song
0: oh,
3: um, no. no no yeah the other one I'm on the outside and I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> remember that one with Fred Durst? Do you remember the yeah, video for
4: that? Yeah, there's a Fred Durst Yeah, yeah, just, just, he's I just going. I love
3: that. I love the idea that Fred Durst went, right, I'm massive now. I've, right, I'm going to sign another band. Right, these are all right. They've got that, it's been a wild song. And they've got that outside song. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn up and do it with them live and we'll pull that out as a single video. Is that a good idea, Fred? Because it's not, um, it's not sung the best. It's that's what's exactly what's happening.
4: Cheers, <laughs> man. Thank you, man. Oh, but honestly, on this conversation, we get into everything from the deep dive behind some of our favorite songs to why his love for Texas has led to this country album. A lot of celebrities who have gotten very pissed off about some of his songwriting mentions and just everything from mental health to the original breakup in 2013. Stacy's mom, MTV, when did Motley Crue become classic rock? And when did Ozzy become an actor?
3: And also, what uh, we think are potentially some of the worst band names.
4: Oh yeah, that guest mentioned too. So it's a wonderful episode. You're going to laugh for out and you're going to have a real good time. But before we go straight into it, a quick reminder. If you'd like to support the podcast in any way, <laughs> and please do head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Over there, you get invited into a whole host of extra content, a community of people who are going to make you laugh on the regular and just a great time. You can also follow us at Sapnipod on Twitter and Instagram.
3: At SapninPod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Carry on, Morgan.
4: And one of our Patreons recently has been doing a thing where they've challenged themselves to make different versions of the sapnin podcast theme tune <laughs> shout out to kyle david smith yes. so i thought while jarrett's gone a little country maybe we should go a little country as we go into the conversation
3: oh i is it is that what's <laughs> yeah.
4: happening why know not this. why not so this is jarrett reddick of bowing for soup on episode 174 of sapnin podcast country style I
3: fucking love Jared. He's absolutely lovely. What a fucking sweet Tidy.
4: Sapnin! Sapnin! Country.
0: Sapnin! What's
4: happening? 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 Yes! Ray.
3: This week's guest is singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, theme tune writer, composer, pop punk legend, and as of late, country singer Jarrett. Now using his middle name Ray
0: Reddick.
3: <laughs>
4: yes,
3: <laughs>
0: it's me. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. It's uh, it's awesome to awesome to see you guys again yes, yes man you too. It's, uh, you too. it's
4: it's been a while reading 2019 I believe was the last time we did this so I'm glad we can do a full episode now but before we get into anything you're in the London at the moment returned to the UK you are uh, doing a lot of country stuff at the moment but how's the journey being over how is it like being overseas again
0: it's great I mean it's uh it was a I guess I pretty much just missed the insanity because it's kind of just the same you know, as it's always been. So, yeah, no, things are good. I got here on Wednesday and uh, had a day to just kind of chill. Then yesterday we did our rehearsal for the festival this weekend. And, um, you know, excited to uh, today. I'm just doing press, talking about the, the new record and the new Bowling Soup record and then the upcoming tours. And then, yeah, tomorrow I'll be uh, I'll be rocking it country style.
4: <laughs> nice.
0: Have you, um, have you have you played any shows so far? Only, I, I, I did one show online uh, acoustic wise, but uh, no, this band, I put together this band specifically for this show. Uh, and we, we had one rehearsal yesterday and it uh, sounded great. So this will be my very, my very first. It's fitting, you know, um, this long story, but we got seen in the year 2000 by a man called Steve Homer, and he is a big promoter. And at the time he was the promoter for Reading and Leeds. So he brought us over to play Reading and Leeds and we, we had never been here. We didn't, we had kind of nothing going on really. We had just gotten signed uh, to our record contract or whatever. Anyway, that obviously launched our career over here in the UK. So you fast forward 22 years and he is the one who heard my country record and has brought me over to do my first shows (laughs) ever uh, at C2C. So I have a long history with him, and uh, it, it's, it's very full circle and cool. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, uh, he's the head of AEG now. I could not be more appreciative, but I'm, I'm very excited to play this, this weekend.
4: Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure you know, you've been in this industry for so long that there's some weird full circle moments like that just come out of the blue so uh-huh. often.
0: Yeah. Life's like that, right? I mean, it's, it's weird, you know, when things like that happen. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of that that does happen, and you know, it's it's just cool too that that he would believe in, and you know, because it's it's I, I I don't think it's that far fetched that I'm doing a country record. I mean, I'm from Texas, and and nobody's really approached it that way. I haven't really had anybody going like, what the hell? Are you, doing? you know, it really hasn't hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Yeah,
3: yeah, it, it would be. Yeah, it would be a bit different if you were Welsh, I suppose. Yeah, you're a country record. Yeah, one hundred percent.
4: Yeah, one of one of us aren't going to do a country record. I, I don't think. But let's get straight into that, man, because you know, as you said, you've you know, you're from Texas. You've used Texas mannerisms and highlights and bone for soup songs over the years really all the time. But what was the kind of catalyst that really made you want to do a full-blown solo country record now? Was it just something that always being in the back of your mind? Or as you've grown older, is it just like a challenge you wanted to kind of set yourself?
0: Definitely always in the back of my mind. It was just a matter of how I was going to execute it. You know, I didn't know whether I would start a band or whether I would do like Bowling for Soup Goes Country or, you know, the latter of those things. I feel like would have just been taken as a novelty, you know, like if I'd have done bowling Suit Goes country, it almost, we would have had to have taken sort of a silly approach to it. And I've done the thing where I start a band, you know, I've, I was, you know, I had a band called people on vacation and now I've got Jarrett and Kelly and Gerinus. So it just made sense. I was just like, you know, I've, I've always wanted to do this and I had been talking it up for a few years going, you know, I think I'm just going to do it on my own. And then quarantine happened you know, my friend Zach Malloy, who produced and co-wrote this record with me, was like, "Man, this is the time. Let's just do it. Like, let's literally set aside the time right now and let's do this thing." And and here we are. Yeah. Nice. You no, know, if I could just touch briefly on um, Giraldus, as you
3: mentioned it, uh, you have written one of my favorite comedic parody songs of all time, the Morrissey song, oh. which is oh my <laughs> god. Do- I yeah. fucking love it, right? I yeah. love it. It's absolutely genius. The first time I heard it, like, I don't. It's probably been out like six or seven years, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. Like that. I remember hearing it and being like, "This is unbelievable!" And
0: I wonder if Morris is heard it. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, that song was on funnier or Die for like two years. I mean, and it was it was huge on that thing. Um, I don't think we ever got like a die vote like the thing was just crazy good but thank you yeah i i uh there's definitely some genius in that thing like i can't i can't i can't even say the the words like we're good without going we're good we're good (laughs) which that's what i do on the on the at the first of the morrissey song you know can we bring the bicycle into the studio (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the bit for me it's just the counting of the notes for me
0: One two three, three two
3: one, one right. two three, three two one. 2, yeah. 1 oh it's fucking genius I'd always kind of been like I want to say a fan of the Smiths but I don't like admitting that I like I like Morrissey's voice because I just don't like Morrissey as a person I think but, <laughs> um, I just remember I just remember you and being like that is that's perfect it's so Morrissey and I yeah I just wonder I wonder if he's you it and I'd imagine being
0: the serious shit Ed that he is, he probably wouldn't have liked it either. So. <laughs> There's just so many layers to that song. It's just, it's like, Every once in a while, I hit a fourth note. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, yeah,
3: we've got to find out if uh, he's ever here today. That's my life's mission now. My life's mission is to find out if Steven's heard the Morrissey
4: song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Brilliant. But, but going back to, obviously, Texas and country music, I mean, over there, obviously, Texas is such a big place. I don't think people in the UK especially understand how big it is. And right. you can be a really successful country artist just in the state of Texas just alone, Tour sure. different parts of it, throughout the year and stuff so how much of an influence has country being for you kind of just like in the background growing up or anything because obviously you've, you've been in that kind of pop punk alternative world for so long but it, it does seem the country's always being a different side to you
0: yeah yeah i mean I, I i look at it like this i mean if you go but if you go and listen to bowling for soup songs knowing that i grew up listening to country you'll go oh, okay that makes sense because I like stories. I like to tell a story and I like there be a beginning and an end and a twist and all that. So all of that comes from growing up, listening to Waylon and Willie and Kenny Rogers and all the stuff that my parents listened to, you know? And so, yeah, that influence is definitely there. You know, one of my favorite bands, the Eagles, to me, that's really how I learned to sing and harmonize was just singing along to those albums, you know, over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, definitely always been a huge influence. And the other thing that I can say is, is that every song that I write, I write on acoustic guitar and it pretty much 95% of the time sounds like a country song before I start to put drums and octave guitars and, you know, make my voice go like this, you know, whatever. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's that, that undertone of it all has always kind of been there.
4: Well, that's one of the things I wanted to mention. You said there about writing r- with really storytelling. And I think as an artist, that's something you've always done. But a lot of people on first glance will look at Bowling for Soup stuff and just think, you know, you're kind of a fun, not serious kind of band that just had, likes to have jokes at every possibility. But the more the songs kind of grow on you, there's really kind of deep stories and imitations and stuff going on throughout. I mean, you've always had the couple of really serious songs on top of those elements anyway but is that always something that you've seen people have kind of overlooked from the band sometimes from from a distance
0: yeah but if i'm being completely honest it's it's kind of by design because i hide all that stuff in there because yeah, i learned to write songs writing bowling for soup songs right and so writing from the heart kind of came to me late so the more i've the more i've become the more I've started to express myself as a person, as an artist or whatever, it, when Bowling for Soup, I can hide behind that that wall of like, hey, here's some really, really serious shit that I'm going through. Up, oh, fart joke, you know? <laughs> and, and then it's like... Hey, you know, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. No, I'm hilarious. Stop it. <laughs> you know, And, and so I, I think that's kind of where the country thing comes in. I can't really do that because I didn't want this to be a novelty. I don't want people to think that I don't. I'm not taking it serious. And I take Bowling for soup very serious, but I'm not very serious about it. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like I, I understand what people want from a Bowling for Soup song. So the people who need to get something out of it or want to get something out of it, they are. It's just the, just the sort of um, the everyday listener, somebody who just, who pretty much just listens to 1985 and high school never ends. Don't know the substance of, of, of of a fun song, even like Ohio and come back to Texas of that. they're being like, Oh man, that's actually kind of heartbreaking that, she left him you know there the thing it kind of sucks you know so um but yeah i i it doesn't bother me that people can sort of overlook the serious nature or the or the actual content or the um the deepness or the the actual that there actually is substance to the songs that we write like i can't really blame them for that because again, we wrote my wiener, you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really fair for me to say, you know, hey, I want you to hear the song, my wiener. And it, here's the song, me with no you that'll make you cry. You know, like, I can't really expect that. <laughs> that's, that's
4: such a good point, to be honest. I uh, you, you've, you've, <laughs> you've caught me with that. But I, I think it's just... The penny dropped for me when I went to see you on one of your kind of first acoustic tours over here, like kind of that storytelling um, acoustic tours over here. And I think Bowling Through Soup has just always been that perfect band, though, where you can escape from reality, you can have a nice time, you can have a laugh, but there is some substance there and you can just kind of mix it in within the set.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's really where you... When those songs are broken down into that acoustic format and I play them... I slow them down so that you can hear the words, and I I set the tone of of what I you know what I really am trying to say, and it is where you get sort of the substance of it. When we're on stage and Gary's playing as fast as he possibly can, and we're it's just loud guitars or whatever, like it's easy for the substance to just get lost there. I'm cool with that. I like being the escape. I I like being the band that. You go to if you've had a bad day, like I. I, And herein lies the reason when I'm asked, you know, how come you guys haven't changed? You know, all these other bands, they've they've evolved into this or they've evolved in this. I know what Bowling for Soup is. That's what Bad Religion is to me. Like if I bought if I got a Bad Religion record and it didn't sound like Bad Religion, I'd be like, (laughs) what the fuck? We didn't need to do that. But I think that there's a place for that. You know, it's I don't think it's bad. You know, I don't think it's bad that some 41 are basically a metal band. Now it fucking rules, you know, they rip, you know, I don't think it's bad that blink 182 put out a super serious record after take off your pants and jacket. You know what I mean? Like, it's (laughs) like, I don't think that that's bad. It's just not something that, that I think fans would want from bowling for soup.
3: But then you mentioned on those, Acoustic shows and stuff, where you like break it down and you, you know, you play them slower and stuff. I think people then at those shows genuinely get to see the genius behind the songwriting of Bowling for Soup because a lot of the other stuff you've done is fucking incredible. Yeah, you are a genius songwriter. Oh man! And no, um, no, thank no, I you. Genuinely, everyone
0: should know. Everyone should know. Well, <laughs> I certainly appreciate that. I, um, I, I'm very proud of my body of work. You'll hear, you know, when you hear the new album, like, we come out swinging. I mean, the first song is called Greatest of All Time. And I'm just simply just going, yeah, we're just better than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> but That's
4: what people love. That's what people have always loved for me, Jarrett. But like, kind of speaking of um, breaking down songs. Now, yeah. obviously, in a lot of Bowling for Soup's back catalog, you have put pop culture references there, Or you've even written songs about famous pop culture celebrities, maybe Alexa Bliss, Val on the new album, Brad Pitt. I'm sure you've been in many circles where you've interacted with people you've actually written songs about and thinking, yeah. Ooh, uh, do they know? Or do their people know? Is there being any kind of like, Ooh, is this going to go the way I think it is moments?
0: I have the best story of all time for you on this uh, topic. Uh, we were doing a talk show, you know, uh, uh, we have like these nighttime talk shows. Like you guys know, like the Tonight Show, Jimmy yeah, Kibble, and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? So the we were doing Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> and we had done it. Uh, we did that show three times and this was our third time we were doing uh, on there to play High School Never Ends. Great Burrito Excortion Case was out. So we are in our dressing room and when you're in your dressing room, you can see he does – he does a whole. He does the whole show himself as a rehearsal or whatever, so they get all the blocking and the cameras and all that stuff done. And we're sitting there, and he just he just goes, "Coming up next, uh, our special guest Val Kilmer is here, right?" So we have a song called Val Kilmer on the album. It's time for him to go to commercial break after his Val Kilmer interview, and we had gotten to meet Val Kilmer, and uh, we took a picture and all this, and he he goes, "Hey." Bowling for Soup's coming up. Did you know they have a song called Val Kilmer? And he goes, yeah, it's great. Well, he obviously hadn't heard the song. (laughs) And there he is with his son. Uh, His son's name was was Jack. And Jack was a Bowling for Soup fan. And so probably in my head, what happened was, they're like in the limo on the way back to the hotel. And Jack was like, Dad, let's listen to your song. (laughs) And then there's just my stupid ass going, but he sucked as batman you know (laughs) (laughs) i have thought about that limo ride uh, for 20 years you know 15 years or whatever so um have you seen him since have you seen (laughs) him since yeah right (laughs) i have not seen the uh the documentary it's kind of i think it it it, it's kind of you know it's funny they um his manager actually at that thing was like, you know, Val's into music. You should come to New Mexico and write some songs with him or whatever. But I never heard from him. I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps he wants to do like a, an
3: emo song about, um, how he could have done Batman a bit better. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Oh man. And here it, to make matters worse. I've never seen him as Batman. I've Oh, never, <laughs> never I just took everybody else's word for it, so here I am saying that he sucks as Batman, and I actually don't. I don't know if he did or not. Maybe I would have liked. It. Who knows? Yeah, he might be the
3: greatest Batman <laughs> of all time could after be. Michael Keaton. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. he could be. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable.
4: Oh, well, I just, I just, I'm just glad that like Jimmy didn't just look at you and go, "Oh, you should play the Val Kilmer song instead now oh, live." Yeah, right. <laughs> <Now, Yeah. live. laughs> yeah. right uh oh. <laughs> Oh, but is, is, is there being any other like little instances like that? Maybe like award shows or anything. You think, ooh, do they do they know we've like slipped them into a song? Or,
0: uh, yeah. So uh, we when we were at the Grammys, um, <laughs> we were at the Grammys, and uh, uh, in two thousand three, when "Girl All the Bad Guys Want" was nominated, and Godsmack was sitting right behind us. And oh! literally, literally Sully and Shannon sat right behind us. Right. And, uh, and he, I don't really say anything bad about him. I just call him, I just call him the God smack <laughs> <The Godsmack. laughs> in that song. She likes the God smack and I like Adrian orange, you know? And uh, but anyway, so that that's a pretty close run-in right there. I mean, that's that's probably
3: uh, yeah. You you don't want to um, you don't want to piss Sunny off because then he'll have to jump up and punch you in the knee.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's been on. He's been on. He's a friend of the podcast. He's allowed. He loud. actually he actually could not have been nicer. He he um, did. It, I didn't expect him to even know who we are or anything like that. And he like leaned up and he was like, Hey, if you're ever in New York and you want to come by my bar drinks on me or whatever. And so, uh, I, I, I thought that was a pretty classy move. Nice. Did you ever get any shit from anyone,
3: uh, from like any of the bands you kind of took the piss out of in that video? Like did uh, Aaron Lewis
0: ever reach out Or (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) that's another good one, man. Yeah, so I actually ran into Aaron Lewis at Reading um, and Leeds. Our buses were parked next to each other that year. So I was there with my ex-wife. I wanted to get a picture with him, right? Like, I was like, I should get a picture with Aaron Lewis. And so my wife went up to him and just said, uh, hey, my husband wants to get a picture with you. And he goes, who's your husband? And she points over to me and he just sort of like looks down and sort of shakes his head or whatever. So anyway, he comes over. And he puts his arm around me and he goes, so is this us bearing the hatchet? And I go, there's no hatchet. He, go, I, he goes, I go, there's no hatchet. I, I paid tribute to you, dude. And he goes, well, I, I go, I go, and I wasn't being s- snotty or anything. I was, I was legitimately, you know, happy to be taking a photo with him. He goes, I can understand like the Fred Durst thing. And I can understand this, this but he goes, I just get asked like, why me? You know, like why me? Like I'd hurt his feelings or something. And I said, dude, that song, that entire song is based upon the line, singers who are mad at their dad. Like that's where the song (laughs) Girl the Bad Guys once started, was with the singers that are mad at their dad. And I go, you're the fucking poster child for bands that are mad at their dad. Like you can't, you're who everybody pictures. It's you, dude. I was like, your face is all over MTV that kind of music you're it you're the you're the fucking flag right like that's it you're it and he was just kind of you know i guess i kind of see your point you know but i think he genuinely had his feelings hurt you know because i've like I'm like acting like a, I'm acting like I'm singing, but I'm taking a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. But at the end of the day, he did shoot that video where he does look like he's constantly holding himself, and he's very sad. <laughs> yeah. So yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think my impressions were pretty spot on. Oh, for <laughs> you sure, know, nailed it. They yeah, Le- cool. legendary impressions, literally legendary impressions. And then Corey Taylor did say that he loved the video because they're the heroes and knocked knocked the shit out of Fred Durst at the end. You know, <laughs> uh, so. So, uh, so, yeah, I've heard, heard from them. And obviously, Alexa Bliss, I sent her her song on her birthday mm-hmm. uh, and she cried. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you it's know, all, Why it's quite a good song. Though. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one that I that I know has heard it that I really wish I could. I, what, if I knew her reaction would be Taylor Swift for we have a song called Award Show Taylor Swift. She has to have seen it because her whole army of people have oh. for sure seen it. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I, I hope that she gets the humor behind it all. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she does. She seems to be quite switched yeah. on from what yeah. I've seen of. She's very, she she's it.
4: very intelligent. That's for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. She's uh, she's right, right on top of the money with all that. But yeah, it's just, it's just insane to see that you've had so many interactions with that uh, with those people.
3: Yeah, whatever you do in the future, uh, for what I've learned about the last couple of weeks is, whatever you do, don't write the song about Kanye West.
0: <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, fuck's sake. Because yeah,
3: right. he will go bonkers. He'll videos this... of kidnapping you. And you don't want that.
0: It's, this thing, that, that thing is so crazy. It's just so... I mean, I think, I honestly, I think he probably, like, has some legitimate something fucking wrong with
3: yeah. of him. Yeah, yeah. But the, the pro- my, my, my problem with it all is... He's a man who constantly complains about he's being never left alone by the paparazzi and all this stuff. And he's got mental health problems that people are making fun of him for. And then he goes online and starts bullying a guy with mental health problems who can't get away from it because it's Kanye
0: West and he's everywhere. So that's a very valid point. Yeah, I mean, Pete Davidson is very honest about how fucked up he is in the head and he probably should be, you know, like his dad died in 9-11, man. You know, like that would fuck anybody up.
4: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But kind of speaking about New Building for soup as well, this is the first record you've made um, with Rob as a a full-time member of the band. And obviously, I know uh, from, from other bands, people kind of get, feel weird when original members leave and they're kind of replaced, but it seems with Rob, that the community have taken him in really well. Obviously he's been part of the BFS family for years because of his work in patent pending and touring with you guys. But does it kind of feel that there's like a new resurgence of, of life with him in? Because he seems so excited just to be a member of Bone for Soup anyway.
0: Yeah. You just nailed it. I mean, you literally <laughs> nailed exactly what he he brought he brings this energy and it, I, I say youthfulness, but that's not based on his age. It's just he really did sort of just like reignite the spark because he's so fucking excited about everything. Like I was just saying this earlier, like everything that we do. Okay. As bowling versus we've already done that. You see what I'm saying? So like we're playing here. We've already played there. We're, you know, we're do, we're recording. We've already recorded, you know what I mean? So him, you know, February before life shut down two years ago, he headlined sold out Brixton Academy. And like, this kid was losing his ever loving mind. And so we get excited about stuff because of him. And like, we start to be like, man, are we, what the fuck is wrong with us? Like, what, <laughs> why are we more excited about shit? And so now it's just like, we get excited to go on tour. We get excited about shows. Like we're, it's, we're, we change our setup all the time now, you know, like we're, we're like, we, we try and do different sets for, you know, each tour. Whereas I feel like, I hate saying this, but I feel like we were kind of in a rut, you know, like I feel like we had kind of just pretty much played the same set for like three years, you know, and, you know, we were still putting on a great show. He will come in and he'll go, Hey, let's do this song. And we'll be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Y'all haven't played this ever. Yeah, that's right. We've never played that. Why the fuck would we play it? You know what I mean? And, And he gets so excited. Yeah, he's, he's brought in a lot of, a lot of energy and he just, he is just so excited. And, uh, you know, again, I'll I'll always say Eric is our brother and, and, you know, we love him and 24 great years, you know, but, uh, Rob definitely came in. He never skipped a beat. As you said, you know, what's cool about Rob is he, he actually had played in our band uh, he did one summer on Warp Tour because Gary's wife was having a baby, and then the next summer was when Eric took a leave of absence, and Rob did that Warp Tour playing bass. So we kind of already knew what it was going to be like to have him around, and then I think you're dead on on like fans. I think just the fact that there's an honesty with pulling for soup. Like I try never to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. You know, it's like, look, this is what's going on. Here's the thing. You know what I mean? Like let's not fucking sugarcoat it. Let's not turn it into a fucking opportunity. Let's just be honest. Right. And uh, you know, I think people appreciate that. So, you know, we still get the comments from time to time, you know, like, Oh, I miss Eric and I'm sure people do, but, but they've been great about just accepting Rob into the family. And I think he for sure if it, even the acoustic stuff, we'll be back in May to do an acoustic thing. And my wife was talking about this the other day and she said, Yeah, it's it you and Rob are great. You and Eric were great. They're both great. They're just different, you know? And and she's right. Like mine and Rob's show is completely different than mine and Eric's
3: show.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah, like you
3: said, it does take having a different opinion come towards the band or into the band. To move your own opinion, I guess. Because like myself, I was in a band for years, and I got yeah, jaded. I'm gonna use the word jaded. I got, I kind of got jaded to it to the point where I was like, oh, we're gonna be playing these rooms forever. I got bored of it, and then I started a new band. And then end of 2019, we supported film for a friend in like Shepherd's Bush Empire, and the fact that the bassist in my new band had never played like a show over 200 capacity before. Mm-hmm. And then he's in Shepherd's Bush Empire and he's just like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that be Like <laughs> right. I forgot, this is fucking, nu- what what we're doing is fucking nuts when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. But I just let it, I let it get me to the point where I was like, yeah, this is going to happen forever. But yeah, it took that, it took that new eyes, new head just to wake me up to it. So yeah, it's, it's amazing to hear that, um yeah, that Rob's brought this new For energy sure. and-
0: yeah, it's, you know, you you don't want to say that you're jaded. You don't want to say that you take it for granted, but you kind of do, right? Like you, you know, you you. It's like, look, this is just what it is, you know. Like bowling for soup, we 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 bring this audience. This is what, we, and we play at this place, and this is a thing. And uh, you know, again, I you don't. You're you're stoked about it, but you know it's not new. Again, I I don't ever, you know, want a, any fan of mine to ever think that I. Take them for granted or whatever, but I, I, but I, I do appreciate the fact that uh, you know these things that he's experiencing for the first time are you know and just like the crowds that we draw, like at, you know on the last Warp Tour, you know when we do Reading and Lees or we do Download or whatever you know, th- those are the biggest crowds he's ever played in front of, you know, and I got to, I got to, I have to remember that sometimes. Like, <laughs> this is why he's so fucking crazy right now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's just lovely to see all that. But as you mentioned, you are a really honest band to your fans. Like, Bowling for Super's never been the kind to have just disappeared and being mysterious and being like, whoa, well, whatever's going to happen in six months. You'd like to keep people updated. And as you said, there's been a lot of, changes throughout the band you know just a few years ago you guys were called it a day for a little while and then especially on the touring side and then came back is that just something you've always been kind of proud of that no matter what's going on behind the scenes in your personal lives you're
0: very open and honest about it for sure do you know that was almost 10 years ago is that that was 2013. And what was happening was Eric was getting a divorce. I was getting a divorce. I was in a custody battle for my kids. Life, I was, that was when my first um, depression and anxiety shit started showing up. Like, so mentally I was just not right. I mean, it was like, we had, we had had to sit in a room and go, yeah, guys, I don't know. You know, like, I I don't know if we're going to keep doing this or not. And so, yeah, we did the uh, farewell, not goodbye tour to basically just say, look, we're going to we're going to not tour for a while. Took a break. I think. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. code buttery exclusions apply see site for details
0: I think we came back 2015 and I like to say we were shot out of a cannon like it was like the best thing we ever did was take that break get our personal lives in order get me on meds you know and and uh, and and fucking came came back and, and started doing shows and we were just lethal again. And uh, I, I equate that that time to like the Rob thing coming in. It just seems like every time we need it, there's just some sort of a boost in things, you know? And uh, the thing about our fans, and I think our band, and I think this is why we've been so successful in the UK. Because I think you watch us and you go, oh, that's just them. They're just up there having a fucking great time. They make it look like anybody could do it. And... I feel like I know them, you know, like, I feel like, you know, pe- I, I think that people genuinely because I put myself out there so much genuinely feel like they know me and they kind of do, you know, I mean, it's, I, I, I really am. This is just me. This is exactly how I talk right now. Uh, after we hang up in a little while, like I'm going to just go talk to my tour manager and I'll talk exactly like this. You know, this is just who I am, you know, <laughs> I've always thought that, that that was a big part of our success, though, was that that people see us as being honest and real. And, you know, I talk about my mental health, I talk about my weight, you know, whatever. I'm fucking real about it. Like, fuck it. You know, like, w- why not? Right? Let's just let's just cut to the chase.
3: Well, how are you, how are you doing uh, mental health wise at the moment? You seem on top form, so.
0: Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a rough time at the beginning of, of quarantine, like I think a lot of people did. Um <laughs> I managed to work through that. It was deflating really because I had kind of been on a high tide for so long that like it kind of scared me. I hadn't like had been in a depressive state for like weeks at a time and so long that I was like, oh shit, like what the fuck? You know, that's like when you start to think like, oh, the world's ending. You know, like you just, you can't get it. You can't. So yeah, I managed to snap out of that. I'm doing really good, man. I, I, uh, I take my meds. I go to therapy. And I talk about it. I try to be as open as I can about things so that someone who isn't open about it will go, well, fuck it. If he's going to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. And then they'll get out.
3: Yeah. Well, that's definitely absolutely commendable from you because, yeah, there's so many people who just bottle it up and too many people in rock bands think it's like a, a taboo subject or or think they're too cool to talk about their mental health problems and that's that's one of the things you have to do is talk about you talk
0: about the problems if you've got them because otherwise you just bottle them up It's dangerous it's so dangerous and and you're right in our industry, you know it's an epidemic you know we've lost so many great minds you know to this, and you know there's that stigma that's attached to it of like, hey, if I talk about my first of all, you know most of us are men, and men aren't good about talking about their feelings, right like they we're just fucking terrible about it. And, you know, then you're this musician and you're just like, well, I want to keep this image, but uh, this is going to show weakness if I do this. And it's like, to me, it takes a stronger person to talk about shit that's going on with them than than it does to not. You know, like you, that's what shows strength as you can get out there and go, hey, man, something is not right. I need to fix it. That's fucking kick ass.
4: Thanks for sharing that, man. It really really do appreciate it and is there anything just like day-to-day life or especially with music now that you're kind of trying to take it in a lot more especially with having these like new boosters like rob and coming back like 10 years ago that you think like yeah i'm, I'm trying to take it a bit in more
0: yeah um that and the quarantine thing i am very I'm very mindful of my time that I spend with people now. So like, uh, not that I wasn't in the past, but I'm more now. Like I'm very, I downsize some stuff. Like I stopped me, ma- you know, I'm a busy dude. I, I stopped managing bands. I stopped doing voiceover, uh, auditions and stuff. I just keep the, the jobs that I've got. And, you know, that's, it. I don't write for other bands anymore because I, I, I wanted more quality time with my wife and my kids. And then also like I I found myself being so busy that even when I was spending time with my friends my mind is other place I'm on my phone the whole time and like I'm oh my god I turned into that fucking guy you know That's that's really where I am right now is just trying to be way more mindful of like hey I'm having a beer with Gary I'm going to put my phone down you know and and just have a have a conversation you know or you know I'm not going to sit here and on my laptop, on my kids talking to me and just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to actually listen. And, and uh, so, you know, that's, that's been nice.
3: You mentioned it about writing for other people and uh, writing you've done with other people. Um, Is there anybody that you've written for that we might not know of that would surprise us?
0: Uh, Well, yeah, I wrote a, (laughs) yeah, I wrote a Jonas Brothers song back in the day uh, before they were the Jonas Brothers. Oh really? Called the Jonas Three, Uh oh. and I've written uh, for a bunch of Disney bands, Um and then uh you know I've got some co-writes on uh, the Don't Panic albums. That they're a they're that's Rob's brother's band. But yeah, I think the most surprising ones are probably going to be those uh the Disney stuff. Funnily enough, we had. James born on a couple of weeks ago, and he was in busted, and he was telling us about writing for the Jonas Brothers as well. Yeah, yeah, James, uh, he's a he's a fantastic songwriter. He, uh, we took Son of Dork on tour. Worst band name ever, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but they were they were great lads. I'm trying to think, yeah, I'm trying to think of a worse name
3: now than Son of Honestly, Dork. Honestly, it, it's,
0: it's Hoobastank or Son of Dork. You uh, go, oh, Yeah, Hoobastank.
4: Yeah,
3: Hoobastank. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Hoobastank. What a fucking dreadful name.
4: Sorry, Mark, th- carry on. The, th- the thing is, James actually mentioned you during that episode because we were kind of talking about his band not really being perceived by kind of rock press and saying that you stood up for him a lot, taking trying to talk out on tour and saying, like, you know, they are the real deal. It doesn't matter where it might have come from. They, they are kind of top For songwriters. Sure.
0: So talented, man. I mean, Steve from that band is such a talented dude. They're all great, great guys. And James is just an amazing songwriter, and he's just a good person. He's a good individual, you know. I, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. And, yeah, that that was a big part of the thing was, like, hey, there's negative press behind this band, are you sure? You want to take them out. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what, you know, like that, that means nothing to me. What, what means the most to me is that the fans that buy tickets get a great show Mm. and they're going to put on a great show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, speaking of things worth celebrating, um, one thing I wanted to bring up is obviously 2022 is the 20th year anniversary of Drunk Enough to Dance. Can you now? this was the kind of the album that changed it all for you, really. It was your fourth, but I feel like this is where really the commercial success came and you just blew up. What was that time like and what's some of your really fondest memories of just that whole cycle?
0: Yeah, it, um, man, it was a crazy time for sure. First major label record was uh, Let's Do It For Johnny and the bit song did not do great in the States, but it did great over here. And so, really, the, the, the fact that we were doing so well in the UK is what got us that next record. So that, that Drunken enough to Dance could really actually happen. Uh, Girl the Bad Guys Want, instant hit over here. It did nothing in the United States uh, until... Wow. Um, what? Uh, for like six months. One day, it gets added to this radio station. It gets added to that radio station. And, and essentially, it crossed over into pop. Over there, they took us off rock radio and and it started it started playing on pop stations in the U.S. And when that happened, it just went and then we got nominated for a Grammy on the same day that my daughter was born. Which was the day that literally changed my life. And from that point on, it was just onward and upward from there. (laughs) You know, it 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 was a crazy time we got to where we were playing as big a places in the US as we were in the UK finally you know so yeah. uh, that's crazy that that America didn't just jump on it no they didn't it, again it's like rock radio just it just didn't happen i mean it was kind of over the thing was is we were kind of pretty much at the point where it's like okay we're just a UK band like are hmm. we moving there you know like what's what's <laughs> happening you know but yeah, just a, a few things went right, and that song just found its lane, and off it went. Yeah, that's amazing. Imagine, imagine if you had moved over here now, right?
3: Perhaps instead <laughs> of a country, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> instead of a country album, you'd be doing like a, an Oasisy
0: type indie <laughs> album. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be in the Pogues now or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, literally. What, what do you think that is about that disconnect? from the States to the UK though, because like, I've, I've heard that story so many times from other bands, like we, a teenage dirt bag didn't hit over in the States straight away. It was a massive hit over here. And then it became a hit over there. Yeah. yeah but like, why do you think, why do you think that is, especially a, a song as big as girls All the bad guys want?
0: You know, I think it's the same reason that, that, that English bands hit over there and don't over here. you know, I think, I think just sometimes things translate A certain way to certain audiences but it's like you know like i you know i've definitely known bands that are fucking massive in the u.s that are from over here and they're like oh yeah we don't even play in the uk because nobody would come see us you know that's that's nuts today it's crazy right i mean actually i feel like oasis was like that i think they broke in the united states first and were just fucking massive over there you know and still doing like academies over here you know uh but yeah i you know i again i think it kind of goes back to 20 years ago you guys still had music on tv there was kerrang tv there was scuzz was just starting around that time there was vh1 there was actually mtv actually still showed music videos uh and then the press liked us at first we were the first band really to have a fat guy um (laughs) And so now it's funny. No, this is true, actually. It's funny. It was what like a, a, big sentence, deal what it a was, sentence! It was a really big deal that Chris, that we had Chris in the band and he was this big dude, right? But if you just look at upcoming pop punk bands now, every single one of them has a fat guy now.
3: Every single one. <laughs> can you charge? Do you think you can charge like um,
0: inspiration uh, for <laughs> Inspiration tax? Yeah, yeah. We made it okay to be to be fluffy and punk. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting nah. that i wasn't expecting uh, that today
4: wow well, but is is there any plans to to celebrate this album somewhere or another and i knew you've got so many tours planned but like yeah you know we
0: did so we actually we we celebrated the 15th anniversary and we recorded it over here we we have a live dVd and a live album called live at Brixton and so you know we did the 15th so you know I don't know i don't i mean our summer tour plans don't really lend themselves to that idea, but I, that could be something that we could, we could revisit. But again, I feel like we already did it. So, you know, we'll see, but, but, uh, but that, that by far, Drunken Up to Dance, as far as fans go, is still the favorite album, which is crazy because it's not even close to being the most successful.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and saying, well, Jarrett, we just a couple of few things left before we let you go, because you've got a very busy time um, over here in the UK. But you've mentioned so many songs and different reactions and stuff from your back catalog over the years. And really, this there's, there's so many where you've had just the strangest fan reactions or certain songs that have had major success that probably you weren't expecting. For example, your cover of Stacy's Mum and everyone thought it was yours. The Phineas yeah. and Ferb theme tune alone. Yeah. You play that anywhere, the crowd goes absolutely insane. What would you say is the weirdest kind of reaction to a song you've experienced like that, where you thought maybe this won't be a, a hit or it resonate that much, but
0: then it's turned into its right. own movement? Man, you know what? I got to go back to the Phineas and Ferb thing. Like one of the biggest TikTok videos last year was like some dude going out on stage and, and, the, and the, the, the voiceover says this audience has no idea what they're about to hear. And he does the Phineas and Ferb theme song. And like, it goes fucking crazy viral millions and millions. of I'm like, we do that every goddamn night, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and
4: yeah. we
0: really, we actually did it. But, um, man, I'll tell you my favorite reaction of the night. Every single night is when I start that riff to "Girl, all the bad guys want. And, and it takes two notes yeah, <laughs> And it, it I does. mean, people lose their ever-loving fucking minds. And it's crazy to me that that song's been out 20 years, you know, and that it still just gets that reaction. Uh, I love it. That's my favorite song to play live um, to this day. But the thing is, like I DJ and stuff as well, and I
3: play that and it goes mad <laughs> in the clubs as well. So it's not just at your gigs either. It's right. not just like, oh we're here. Oh fuck you, of course yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's not it's you go put that on in any fucking rock club and people yeah. still go fucking mental. And like you said, it's twenty, it's 20 years of it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just nuts, you know. And then uh I love you know, high school never ends did pretty well everywhere, but for some reason, there's a nostalgia fact to it here. Uh, it, like people go fucking bonkers when we play high school never ends over here. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the finance and Ferb thing too is, is super cool. Um, you know, uh, those are the things, man. I mean, and then, you know, like if, if we play turbulence and we do it right, 10 rows in people are crying, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so when we nail turbulence, like it's, it's, it's pretty magical as well.
4: And um, obviously, you're a massive movie nut. And one of your favorite bands from back in the day is Motley Crue. That's right. Now, of course, the classic line, when the Motley Crue become classic rock, yeah. when did they become the subject of documentaries <laughs> and everything know. that's going on at the moment? What, yeah. what, I just wanted to know your thoughts on kind of what Motley Crue has become today with the kind of just you know Disney Plus series and, and everything like that.
0: Yeah, they're just like a... You know, it's funny. It it really, to me, it goes back to 1985 where I say, when did Ozzy become an actor? You know, mm. like, all of a sudden Ozzy's, like, in movies and he's got his own show and shit. And, like, I was just like, that's the fucking prince of darkness. What is going on? <laughs> you know, like, we're supposed to be terrified of this man. And now yeah. he's just a idiot wanting Chipotle. You know, like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? You know, and and i like, that's the thing, right? It's like, I was like, like, this is too much access. I don't want to know this. I don't want to know that he can't brush his own teeth. You know, I don't need to, I don't, that's too much. So, you know, I don't know. For me, um, I hold on to my memories of Motley Crue and seeing them and watching that whole thing happen. It's almost compartmentalized, you know? I mean, really, like once they, they, you know, they got, John Carabi to sing and then Tommy Lee left the band and they had some chick playing drums who like, I don't, I do not even know her name. You know what I mean? Like it was, it just started to feel very gross. If that makes sense. Like it just felt like, like, are they even in this? Like, why are they doing this? Is it because, you know, do, does one of them need money? Like, what's yeah, the It, <laughs> it um,
3: felt like business decisions all the time. Like, <laughs> it was just like,
0: oh, this is business, business, business. with them. Right. And, and here's the thing. Like, I realized we caught a lot of shit 10 years ago for the farewell tour and then the fact that we came back. And, you know, we, again, I tried to, I tried and tried and tried to explain that. I didn't get my point across to everybody. So, I still get shit for it. But we didn't fucking sign a contract in blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. I forgot about yeah, that. You know what yeah, I mean? I we, did, yeah. we So it's like you signed <laughs> this contract in blood saying this is it. That's it, right? And you and, the, and now you're um, on you're, you're just right back out there with Def Leppard aren't you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I forgot yeah. they
0: did that. Huh? Yeah. yeah. The, the Def yeah, the definitely. this
3: is it on us now. We're never gonna do any <laughs> more fucking shows, I promise you to her. Never. Yeah, and then the, the three weeks later they were like, oh no, this might be the last tour. <laughs> yeah. right?
2: It's like yeah. Slayer.
3: Sl- Slayer did like ten fucking, right, that's it, we've quit fucking
0: tours. My lord, that, sl- that Slayer that Slayer uh, farewell tour was almost as long as the 20-year Kiss farewell tour that's been going on.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's still going on. Uh, it's still going on tonight. You know. uh, yeah. Go on, June yeah. bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> But with all that, man, thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, uh, no, obviously now the new country record just woke up is out. You've got a new album for super record coming out in April. You're going to be returning to the UK for two massive tours in April and May. Um, is there anything else you would like to just kind of plug, mention,
0: get all the information out there? Please Everybody do. just go to JarrettReddick.com and you can, that's where you can find all my podcasts. You can find all the bands that I'm in. You can see, you can, You can go on there and like watch commercials that I voice where you just be like, Oh my God, that's him. You know, like, so that's on there. So Jarrettreddick.com and then, but I, I can say, you know, please, please, if you're listening to this, and even if you're not a country fan, just give me a shot, go listen to it. At least just, you know, just, just know that I, I meant it and, and uh, at least give me a chance. Nice. Awesome. Well,
3: yes, yes. Before you go, um, I just want to say thank you very much for this. Thank you very much for the music, for the laughs over the years, for the smiles. Thank you very much for aggravating me when I was 17 because fucking Girl All The Bad Guys Want was constantly on Crank TV. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And no, just just thank you for um, for your honesty and for the music. Thank no, you very yeah, much. You're, no. a, fuck, you're a
4: fucking that,
0: legend. That, what was the channel where you could pay money to like see your song or whatever? Was that The Box? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, The Box. And I remember yeah. like... You, and then, so if somebody got a song on there, you could pay like an extra dollar and it, or a pound or whatever, and it would bump it up. And so we would just sit there, and like our song would literally just be on, and then another song would come on, and then Girl the Bad Guys One would come on again, and then another. You know, it was crazy. But yes, I do understand that you might have been a little bit sick of that song at one point. Oh, it was
3: on literally
0: th- three
3: times an hour. It's You're watching Crack TV going, like back at the time, I was just a kid into like, I don't know, new metal or whatever. So yeah. I was just like, I'm just looking forward to fucking uh, Mi- the Mission Impossible theme by <laughs> Limp Bizkit. Here we go. Oh, these <laughs> bastards taking a kiss on Limp <laughs> but, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant.
4: Thank oh, yeah. you very Th- much. for so thank, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Y'all take you. care. You're listening to podcast. See what I did? See <laughs> yeah.
3: what I did? I did. Yep. yep country album, nice one, um, yes thank you very much Jared, Jared Ray Redick, for coming on the podcast every time I see him is a fucking absolute treat we've all fucking, we've all chuckled away at Bowling for Soup at some point in our lives, so they've brought us joys, and that is worth a trillion billion pounds, so thank you again to Jared, <laughs> it was lovely to have him on, I fucking love talking to him about his life and Yeah, I could have done a follow-up one straight after that if we'd had time to talk. There's so much more we could have talked about. And I know he's full of fucking stories. So, yeah, thank you very much, Jared, for coming on. We massively, massively appreciate it. You're a fucking superstar, brother. Stay safe.
4: He really is. And I feel like he's one of the most important figures in our scene because for a long time, even pop punk, that kind of takes the mick out of itself. On the regular, it was nice to have Bone for Soup come along ...at a really serious time and, and break that a bit and make everyone laugh a little bit more. Bowling for Super, one of my favorite bands for a big period of my life, especially in school and stuff. And they've just brought a lot of people together. And it's wonderful to see that they're going as strong as ever, making more music and touring as much as possible. And of course, as we mentioned, they will be coming back to the UK... For two massive tours over the next couple of months, the full band are going to be hitting around April with our good friend Matt Stocks, the Dolly nice. Ross, and Lit. Lit, mind. My, wor- oh. my own worst enemy. What a fucking oh. anthem. Oh. Come on, if we don't have
3: a fucking Lit episode soon, I'm going to fucking quit.
4: <laughs> Before coming back with quit Rob Quit for in- Lit! <laughs> quit for Lit! Quit for Lit! Come on, guys,
3: every listener to this. Quit for Lit! Quit for Lit! If we all do it at the same time, perhaps it'll be loud enough and Lit will hear us and he'll come on. Quit for Lit! Quit for Lit! <laughs> everyone, come on! Girls, just the girls! Quit for Lit!
4: Quit for... Just the guys! Quit for Lit! Everyone, quit fooling! I've gone mad. <laughs> you have gone mad. Have you had the coffee this morning? I have had, yes. It's showing. It's I'm cooking. Oh. Oh, oh. Before coming back with Rob in May for an acoustic sing-along tour around the country, they, I'm not reading all these dates out because there's 20 plus altogether. Just head to BowlingForSoup.com um, for all the details, the dates, tickets, whatever, and give... The country album, A Chance, there's new versions of Ohio and the Bitch song on there. I've enjoyed listening to it. It's a little bit different, um, but I think you will enjoy it if you're a fan of Jared Reddick. Yes, he's got um, Franklin Turner's on his as well. Lee Francis. Yes, he he's got a couple of features on there. And speaking of working with other people, after we recorded this, I noticed that he's been in the studio with our good friend and former guest of the podcast, Thomas Ian nicholas Of American Pie fame Apparently They're teaming up To do a Parody of 1985 Called 1999 Based around American Pie and Co Yeah That makes sense Hmm. That
3: makes sense And no one And no doubt It's going to be fucking Coking and and hilarious So yes Can't wait for that Big fan of both of those people Jared and Thomas Ian Nicholas The um, Adopted son of Merthyr Tidville (laughs) 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 (laughs)
4: he loves he loves popping to Mirtha. if you want to check out that conversation episode 73 I do believe of the podcast go back and listen to it Um, great great laugh great great guest Um, and if you've given this podcast a chance if you've given Jarrett's country album a chance why not give us a chance to supporting us at patreon.com forward slash sapnin as we said earlier there's loads of bonus content in there we upload it as much as we can for a real behind-the-scenes look of everything going on. You get news first, you get just a good laugh and a wonderful community of your new best friends that really help make this thing um come together. So patreon.com forward slash sapnin for that.
3: Yes, please do. Um, I just realized we technically busk every week on this podcast doing that. Um, so yes, please check it out, patreon.com forward slash sapnin, as he said. Also, on Twitter and Instagram... Let us know your thoughts, feelings, who you'd like for future guests, um, guests we shouldn't have back. We haven't had any uh things for that yet, so that's quite funny. Um at Sapping Pod at s a w p e n i n p o d That's at S
4: A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D- and we should take this time to say a massive thank you to our patrons for making this podcast happen each and every week. So if you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names from the community in there. But as always, Sean is going to give them a hoose shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. And they are as follows.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
3: Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwowe, Janelle Caston, Amadine Urbano, Mitch Perry, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Ewan, Kelly Young, Nathan Croshaw, Paul Irshfield, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Jenny Robson, Scott Jones, Muddy Grimwood, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Alexandra Pemblington, Stuart McNaught, Amy Louise, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, Joe Ackland, M. Evans Roberts, Jacob Edrington, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, Craig Harris, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Kenny Cannon. Kelly Cannon, not Kenny, Kelly Cannon, <laughs> Jason aredia Emily Perry, Becky Andy, John and Emma, James McNaught, Adam Parslow, Ollie officially employed, fuck yeah, Amesbury, yes, nice one,
4: and engaged, and yeah. engaged. Hey, congratulations, he's all,
3: yes. it's all coming
4: up Ollie. lately.
3: Fucking hell, it's all coming up Amesbury, like, that's fucking, <laughs> yeah, he's married and employed, uh, engaged and employed, we well, are going to have to have, yeah, you're going to have to be employed to get engaged, I guess, you've got to pay for that, anyway. Josh, crime in multi-story car parks. That's wrong on so many levels, Chris. Oh. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Rhys Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Katrina, Conor Lewins, Kyle David-Smith, and last by no means least, Daniel Stevenson. Thank you very much to all of those and all of the people mentioned in the description of this podcast. Please go check it out because Morgan works quite hard writing them out every week. And come back next week for more fun on the Sapnin podcast.
4: Yes, like this, which is Sean's new favourite segment of the oh, show. Oh, yes! 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 yes honey Updates!
3: Morgan, have we had any honey that we were promised by Guitar Legend? I'm not using Virtuoso anymore because my brother made fun of me in the group. Have we had his
4: honey? No, and I've really wanted some this week. Ah,
3: for a fact. <laughs> Steve, come on, Bat. Come on, Steve. Oh, if Steve's um, PR people listen to this, hurry up, innit? Give us this honey. I want to try it. I want to taste <laughs> it. I will literally, right? Tell you what, when we get it in the Patreon, I'm going to do a podcast where I'm just eating the honey while talking <laughs> to
1: people. <laughs> well, because we'll
3: I want to I, I, I see if I can get some of Steve Vice powers, right? Because he's made that, honey, Which means his magic hands have touched it, right? I want to get some of that in me and see what my guitar playing's like. So, Steve Vai's people, sort it out. Yeah,
0: Steve By, honey update!
3: Right, yes, that's it for this week. Uh Morgan, any last words? Not
4: that I'm going to kill you. <laughs> wow, what a way to go. What words? a way to go. <laughs> no, just thanks again for everyone for all the support with this. Uh if had it heavymusicawards.com to vote for us for best podcast of 2022 we've got a few announcements coming in the next couple of months they'll be on the Patreon announced first and uh, tune in next week for another fantastic guest
3: yeah I would well I will I'll be involved so yeah I'll be uh, will you I hope so I've gone fucking mad (laughs) sorry are you wearing you got a fucking soil t-shirt on
4: (laughs) I do have a soil t-shirt on yeah I haven't got a little halo though Oh, (laughs) fucking Sapnin. Sapnin. Always got
3: a spoiler. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast
4: or streaming it or I don't don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much.